Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. All Saints and All Souls are those holy days that can be seen as a stumbling block to both those who came out of high church liturgical traditions like Roman Catholicism and those who came out of non-sacramental, non-denominational forms of Christianity. Many former Roman Catholics can tend to be a bit super sensitive to anything that reminds them of the old days, thus robbing themselves of the ability to see some of the good they may have left behind. And many former non-denominational types who come to a church like ours can tend to also be sensitive to anything they see as too Catholic. I remember one church I used to work for, my, my brother-in-law was the creative arts director and the worship leader, and he created for Christmas and Advent this beautiful faux stained glass um, uh, backgrounds that we put up on their chancel. It was beautiful. It took him a long time, and we all kind of pitched in to help build it, but he, did, he designed it. He did the work. We just kind of helped... Uh, glue a bunch of stuff on it and we lit it up and it looked gorgeous and somebody complained after the first service that we had it that it looked too Lutheran and so we have brothers and sisters I think this association of anything that's ritualistic with bad but we can't let fear keep us from entering into the sacred time of remembrance and honoring those who were not only giants and teachers of our faith from biblical times on Folks like St. Paul, St. Peter, St. Macrina, St. Athanasius, St. Irenaeus, but also the everyday saints that we know and we love, like our loved ones who passed away in the arms of Christ, our grandparents, our children, our husbands, our wives. We confess in the Apostles' Creed that we believe in the communion of the saints, so we shouldn't be squeamish when we take the time to remember and commemorate them. We have to remember that they are present with and living in and through the power of God given to them by the Spirit upon their baptism and entrance into the kingdom of God, and that that power remains in them after their death and will bring them to new life just as it will bring us into new life, brothers and sisters. And in, I'm going to focus the, the sermon this morning mostly from the text from Ephesians, particularly verses 15 to 23. So I'm going to talk a little bit about faith and love. St. Paul begins telling them that he gives thanks to God for them because of their faith and because of their love. Their faith and their love. These These two things together. As I said a few weeks ago, faith is trust. That trust is expressed not only as belief, mental belief, assent, but also as loyalty, God is faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to God. And love is that faith, that trust, that confidence, that loyalty in action. Those two go together, as St. Paul reminded the Galatians as well. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Love is best expressed through Christian works as good works, is expressed through action. This moves St. Paul not only to pray for them, but to build them up so they will continue in both that faith and that love, their faith in action. 
This prayer is specific and he shares it with them. Let's talk about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He prays that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so their hearts would be enlightened, that they would know the hope to which they have been called. St. John Chrysostom notes that this is speaking of the blessings to which they were called, how they had been released from their former state, and understanding what is to come. This hope is the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. That includes us, because all of us in Christ, brothers and sisters, are saints. And that we, along with the Ephesians, would know the immeasurable greatness of God's power. What is this power, and how do we share in it? That power, it's at work in us, comes from the resurrected Christ, St. Paul says. Christ has been raised by the power of the Father of glory and has been given the rule and reign over everything, both on heaven and on earth. And this mighty power is at work in those who believe. This mighty power that is at work in us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And our inheritance, our hope, the result of the mighty power of God is our own resurrection at the return of our Lord. And in verse 14, St. Paul says that we have received the Holy Spirit when we believed, that we were sealed, that we were marked with the Holy Spirit as a pledge or guarantee of our receiving the inheritance to come. And this begins now, brothers and sisters. It's not just some eschatological expectation at the end of time that we're waiting for. It begins now. And this sealing by the Spirit, this power of God working in us and through us, does not leave us when we die. And this power that is in us, this resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead, equips us to go and do good works, do the work of Christ. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So when we die, we believe that we are present with the Lord. St. Paul says this, right? To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. He says this in Philippians. When we die, we are with Christ, but we are awaiting something more, the resurrection. Heaven, as we understand it, is an intermediary place. It is not our final destination or our final state. Our souls will be alive in and with Christ until the day our bodies are raised and transformed in the pattern of Christ's raised and transformed body. And this, brothers and sisters, is true of the saints who have gone before us. When they died, they did not lose the Spirit. When I die, I will not lose the gift of the Spirit that is given to you. When you die, brothers and sisters, you will not lose the Spirit that has been given to you. They did not lose the power of God working in them. In fact, they are living and moving and having their being in God and are more alive than those of us who are alive on earth because they are in the very presence of God. And this is not only true for our loved ones who died in Christ, who were sealed by the Spirit and who through their faith working through love showed and enacted the ongoing work of Christ in the world, but also from, for the others from times past. Those who were amazing examples of love, faith, obedience, who defended the faith from heresy, who confronted wicked kings, who risked their lives and lost their lives to spread the gospel are considered saints, and we should emulate them. 
This is not unbiblical. St. Paul exhorts others to imitate him as he imitates Christ. And so we imitate the lives of the great saints who have gone before us into glory. Sometimes we look at the lives of the saints of past. We tend to, I think at times, maybe put them uh, on a pedestal. We can never... We can never do that. We can never be that. We can never take the stands that they took. So we ask ourselves, I think, brothers and sisters, what do saints actually do, right? I'm not talking about when they, when, after they're dead. I'm talking about what do saints do, work that we're called to do. Brothers and sisters, the saints stood against the madness of their time. The saints are those whose faith in Christ shaped their life as opposed to those who allow life to shape their faith. The saints are those whose faith helped them to stand up to the madness of their own time. John the Baptist stood against Herod, taking his own brother's wife. And we all know what happened to John the Baptist. The Bishop of Constantinople, John Chrysostom, stood against the sinfulness of the emperor, or the emperor's wife and some of the royal family. Guess what happened to him? He was exiled and died in exile. But as he died, his last words were, glory to God for all things. Saints stand against the madness of their time. A couple news stories sprung to mind as I was preparing this. The first was I saw... There was a man in Canada whose medical benefits ran out and was forced to fill out applications so he could be euthanized. Didn't want to be, but there was no money for him. So he had to be euthanized. It's madness of our times. We vilify people that we don't understand or people from other cultures. We can tend sometimes to focus on them and blame them for our economic problems. That is madness, the madness of our times. There was another story of a father who had to take, he had to go to court to keep his wife from giving puberty blockers to his child so she could have him chemically castrated. The madness of our times. This is what saints did, brothers and sisters, is they stood against the madness of their culture, the madness of their time. There's this myth that technology and progress is gonna make life better. But brothers and sisters, that was put, that was brought out to be a lie by, the, by World War I. This is an old idea, long bereft of any wisdom. And as saints, our faith working through love causes us, helps us, empowers us to take a stand against the madness of our own time, of our own place. Because if not us, then who? And the great saints of the past were those who did that. They weren't perfect. Many of them made mistakes, big ones. But if not us, who? Let's talk a little bit about our, the saints of our own lives, our, our, our departed loved ones, brothers and sisters. It's amazing to me that even those of us, no matter how strictly 
fundamentalist or Protestant we may have grown up, we still can't shake the idea that our loved ones who died in Christ are still somehow alive. We don't know how to deal with that, so we invent rituals to help us grieve, to help us deal with loss. But one thing we don't do is the one thing that we are told we shouldn't do. But I think it's precisely the Christian thing that we should do, and that, brothers and sisters, is pray. When I was a younger man, I had a friend whose dad died tragically in a car accident. His family was well-known and much-loved in our church, and it hit very hard. And as you sit here, brothers and sisters, think of your own church and your own context, your own losses like this. His family was well-known and well-loved, and his son was a very good friend of mine. And as I watched the procession, as I, as I heard the sermon, as I was sitting in the service, as they took the body to the gravesite, I was uncomfortable because I felt like I needed to do something, but I didn't know what. I didn't know what. Fast forward many years later, and I found myself in Ohio with one of my best friends in a cemetery, standing at the grave of his grandparents. I had the same sense of unease, and, and I stood aloof as he laid flowers on the grave, and then he stepped back. And then he did something. He reached into his back pocket and he pulled out a little prayer book and began to pray the Lord's Prayer. And then he prayed for rest for them. Far from being weird, something about it seemed kind of right. And I thought to myself, oh, this is what I should be doing when confronted with this. And as a pastor, both here and elsewhere, I get asked about the departed all the time. Questions like, where are they? Do they know me? Can they see me? And the rise of secularism hasn't negated it's, any of that. It's just changed the focus. And over the years, I've come to realize that the love we have for the ones that we have lost, it stays with us. It stays with us. And sometimes... That loss that we feel, we can't shake it. Even my grandmother, my nana, my dad's mom, was very special to me as a kid. <laughs> and it's funny how as you prepare sermons and you prepare to preach, how you start thinking of your own lives. Because like, I'm not just preaching to you every week, brothers and sisters. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me, because I need to hear this just as much as you do. <laughs> and some weeks, maybe I need to, to hear it even more. And I started thinking about my Nana. And my mom texted me while I was on vacation, and she wound up mailing me a picture. I don't have much from her. I don't have much from her. She passed many, many years ago now, when I was, oh, I don't know, I think it was maybe 19, 18 or 19. And the only thing I have left is a little stuffed animal that she gave me. But my mom had some pictures, and she sent me she sent me one, and I thought, how appropriate. How appropriate. And it filled me with hope, brothers and sisters, because I knew that she died in the arms of Christ. And that gives us hope, brothers and sisters. It gives us hope that the love that we have for the ones that we have lost stays with us. And as Christians, just like we talked about earlier, God has them in his hand. And so when you're thinking about your Nana, or when you're sad, or if you're finding yourself standing in front of their grave, pray. Because in Christ, they are alive. 
And one day we will be reunited as heaven descends to earth, as every tear is wiped away, and as all things become new. As the madness of our time and the madness of every time gives way to what Sharon talked about in the reading from the Psalms this morning, the fullness of God's kingdom arriving in glory and in power. So let us follow them and their way of life. Not only the great saints of history, but of our own family and friends and loved ones that have preceded us. So let us follow them as the faith they professed worked itself out through love. May our faith be shown by our love for them, for one another, and may our faith be shown by our own stand against the madness and the evil of our own times. And so... To our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be all glory, honor, and power together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and in whose arms all of the saints dwell. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. We pray that these sermons have been a blessing to you, and we ask that you would help us out if you could. We are in desperate need of some major repairs. If you could go to a GoFundMe we've set up, gofundme.com slash save zion stone if you could uh, go there and uh, donate towards uh, our needs we would be greatly appreciative of that again thank you so much for listening i'm pastor mike landsman if you want to get a hold of me you can reach out at malandsman at gmail.com or check us out on our facebook page zion stone ucc as well as our uh, website zionstoneucc.com god bless